Wow. 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 It is great to be here today. It is great to be alive. And it is great just to be. Being back here for worship is wonderful. Today, like all days, is a day to be celebrated. You are here participating. Michael and I are here. And God is here. Today is a great day of celebration. Here a portion of our text that Michael read from us from the psalmist of old. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Today. Today is a day to be celebrated. A generally negative woman reacted to the minister's message that every day is a great day. This is the day the Lord has made, he said. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What do you mean I should be joyful, the woman provoked? It's a lousy day. It's been raining in sheets most of the morning. The rain has ruined my hair, and the fog is becoming so dense I won't be able to see my way home. In my opinion, this is a good-for-nothing day. Tell me, she continued, what is there to be joyful about today? And a smile flashed across the minister's face as he responded, well, look at it this way. Today is holding yesterday and tomorrow together. Putting the wow in now. Sometimes it's, it's hard to put into words what there is to be joyful about today. And sometimes we don't feel very joyful and we can't or shouldn't artificially pump ourselves up. From the Hebrew Sabbath liturgy comes this understanding of our limitations. Were our mouth filled with song as the sea is with water and our tongue with ringing praise as the roaring waves? Were our lips of, full of adoration as the wide expanse of heaven and our eyes sparkling like the sun or the moon? Were our hands spread out in prayer as the eagles of the sky and our feet as swift as the deer? We should still be unable to thank you and to bless your name, O Lord. Limited as we are, we are still called to worship God as best we can. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. For you are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Now, communication experts tell us that the world has entered its third era of communication. The first era was oral. The dominant means of communicating was, was speaking and, and hearing. History, values, and beliefs were passed from one generation to the next by word of mouth, often through storytelling. The second era was the print media. Books, magazines, and newspapers. Reading and, reading and writing became the dominant means of communicating. 
in a print media, people have time to process information. The emphasis is on logic and, and reason and facts. The goal of communicating is understanding and knowledge. In this third area of communications we find ourselves in, the electronic media dominates. We communicate through television, smartphones, computers, and so on. And unlike the print media, the emphasis is no longer on the cognitive, but on the experiential. We don't think about things as much as we experience them. Images are more important than logic. Rhythm more than structure. All our senses are used, not just our eyes. The goal of communication is not comprehension or insight, but a feeling or a happening or an encounter. I think one of the reasons for this is a growing desire for instant gratification and instant stimulation and instant entertainment. This is why many churches have gone the way of huge projection screens in their worship space with electronic music and a loud driving beat. The danger I see with this kind of worship is not in the technology itself, but it can easily fall into giving people an experience which only feels good and gives them what they want. That's a far cry from the God I know in worship, who wants me to discover joy through the extension of myself beyond what's in it for me and what feels good to me. Look at Jesus in our other lesson for today. He's been fasting for 40 days. He's famished. And the tempter says, turn this stone into bread. And Jesus was not willing to compromise his singular focus on God with instant gratification. One does not live on bread alone. And while Jesus knew nothing about fast food in his day, he knew all too well. There are no quick fixes for the deepest hungers of our soul. But he was tempted to take the quick, superficial fix. And aren't we bombarded to take quick fixes and find instant gratification practically all the time? Not that we believe any one of them is the end all. After we take enough of them in, they so fill up the shallows of our life that we almost completely forget that we have any real depths. Then the devil led him up, that is Jesus, and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it's been given over to me and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will, will worship me, it will be all yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. I'm convinced that anything which promises instant authority, control, or pleasure diverts us from being able to purely worship God and serve God with singularity of purpose. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple and saying to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it's written, 
He will give command to his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hand, they will, they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a single stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now, it seems rather fantastic to be taken up to the pinnacle, the highest point of the temple. And yet, that's exactly the kind of thing we see in the movies. And look at our society's fascination with seeking thrills. From bigger and faster rides at amusement parks, zip lining, bungee jumping, and all the extreme sports. New ways of pushing the envelope and testing the limits are being created daily. So, to sweep down from the pinnacle of the temple would be a pretty cool thing to do. But Jesus said, Instant thrills take the focus off of God and fill the shallows of our lives so that there's little left to fill the depths. You see, instant this and instant that are lurking behind every corner of our day. And it creeps into our expectations of church and worship. And many churches have bought into it. Many churches take samples of their congregation to see what people want. They take surveys to discover these things, and then they turn around and give them to them. And that's why I take issue with the, expert, with the experts. I don't believe the third area of, era of communication has to be dominated by the electronic media and instant messaging, etc. I believe effective, God-centered worship requires the best of all kinds of communication. Personally, I'm not against technology at all as long as it's a means to an end, like like all we've done virtually during this pandemic period and how we're coming to you now through this worship service. Unfortunately, technology is often an end or is at a minimum a great distraction. If we look at history, we see the two things the people of Rome anxiously desired were bread and circus games. But we do not live by bread and circus games and computer games and Game Boys and Playstations alone. So, who will teach us how to desire the Lord alone and the celebration of God's Sabbath? Could it be the stone that the builders rejected? That he can be the chief cornerstone of our lives? For Jesus, our Lord, is quoted in chapter 4 of John, saying, The hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That's putting the wow in now. Not with technology, instant gratification, or what's in it for me. But simple faith and focus on God, God's spirit, God's truth, and God's heart. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. This morning's message is not complex. And this morning's message is not complicated, yet it is, when one ponders it, very deep. 
putting the wow in now, putting the awe, the mystery, putting the wow of true amazement into the present of every now is this. The only way to ever truly, fully and deeply have the wow in now is having God in the now. And that, my friends, is God's gift and God's grace. And not something we control or manufacture. Worshiping God is tossing away the mumbo-jumbo of technological arrogance and the what's-in-it-for-me attitude and communicating the reality of faith and praise. Worshiping God is abandoning the illusion of, of human control and embracing the truth of God's power. We worship God because God is worthy and not because we as worshipers get something out of it. If we look upon worship as only a means of getting something from God rather than giving something to God, then we make God our servant instead of our Lord. We seek to worship God in spirit and truth, putting the wow in now. Awe. Awe. The wow of true amazement in the presence of God is a way of being in communication with the mystery of all reality. Over 200 years ago, William Temple penned these lines of right focusing. To worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God. To feed the mind with the truth of God. To purge the imagination by the beauty of God. To open the heart to the love of God. And to vote, to devote the will to the purpose of God. And all this is gathered up in that emotion which most cleanses us from selfishness because it is the most selfless of all emotions, adoration. Adoration. This is the day the Lord has made, as is every day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. For you are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will extol you, putting the wow in now. May it be so today and every day. Amen.